Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Mem Hey in Maseches Psachim. Now, yesterday, we got almost, I don't know, eight, eight lines up from the bottom of Mem Dalet Amad Bez, but Kalman is back. So even though normally we would mail it in, uh, we should go back 15 lines up from the bottom of Dalet Amad Bez because it's one sort of continuous idea, and uh, we don't want him to miss out. We want, it, we want this to, be, to, to, to sort of flow and make sense. So let's get our bearings. Okay. We had... Really, we learned three fundamental Yerdea topics in one daf yesterday. We learned this concept of heter mitzarif le'isr, which means when you have a mixture of, of two things, and one of them is usr, so let's say the requisite is a kezayis, in order to be chayiv. If, even if you don't have a full kezayis of isr, you can use some heter in order to combine it in certain cases to uh, make up a kezayis and to become usr. We will discuss... Where, where the source is for that, but we learned that. The other one was the, uh, the idea that you have to have a kazais of Isser and eat it kedechilas pras, which is, which in a certain time frame, okay, which is a different thing. That's even if you only had, we were talking in the case of a, a tarovis, a mixture, but even if you only had one item, let's say, if you have an amount that you wouldn't be able to eat, we talked about yesterday, Andrew and I, uh, sorry to leave you guys out, but we're having an intimate kutah uh, uh, uh dinner at some point, and so that uh, disgusting Babylonian Iraqi dip is something that you would not be able to eat, kedechilas pras, right, uh, straight, and therefore you wouldn't be able to be high because for that, we talked about that, and the third topic was ta'am ke'ikr, ta'am ke'ikr, I bring this up because we're going to be discussing hetem and starful iser, as we discussed, and ta'am ke'ikr, which is different than hetem and starful iser, in a variety of ways, but they're cousins. And we'll see, so much so, that there's a machlokas as to where you learn it, uh, whether you learn from the same pasuk, Tom Kaker or Hatham Mitzvah Felicer. Tom Kaker means that when you have a flavor, so for example, if you had grapes in water, even if you took the grapes out, right, that flavor still remains. Um, and so even without any actual, what we would call substance, if you can taste it, then it's as if that taste, if that thing which is usher imparts taste to the entire thing, so then the entire thing might become usher just by virtue of having the taste of the usher thing, even though it itself is not physically composed of the usher thing. So, and of course, these are huge Jordan topics which have tremendous nafkamina lahalacha uh, for kashras and all of those things. Okay, so now we're going to take it slow because we're going to say the following. The, the way this Gemara starts is we're going to try to bring up the Pesukim. So the way the Gemara starts is as follows. There is a concept, there is a concept of Mishras Anavim, right? The Mishras Anavim is a case either, is basically a case where you had like Matzah Shruya, right? The Pasuk said Mishras Anavim, right? With regards to a Nazir, a Matzah Shruya is Matzah which is soaked in water. So Mishras Anavim, let's say you have bread that's soaked in wine. Can a Nazir eat bread that's soaked in wine? The Pasuk specifically says that no. Mishras Anavim is listed as one of the things that the Nazir cannot eat, and that's an interesting thing. Why can the Nazir not eat it? So the Rabbanan hold that that is the source of Tam Ki'ikr. That this Pasuk of Mishras Anavim means you can't eat the bread because it has the taste of the wine. Uh-huh. That's why the Nazir can't eat that bread. Rabbi Yochanan quoted Rabbi Akiva as saying that Mishras Anavim is the source for Heter Mitztaref Le'isr. That it's not because of the taste of the wine, but it's because of the fact that the bread creates a substrate, even though the bread itself may have been mutter to the nazir. The bread is mitztarif. It joins in order to create a volume of kazais with the wine that it is infused with, and that is what makes it usher for the, for the nazir. So, the uh, Gemara here is now going to, is going to say, if Rabbi Kiva in fact holds that Mishras is teaching Heter mitztarif le'isr, where does he learn the concept of Tam Ke'ikr. He doesn't have the Pasuk of Mishras for Tam Ke'ikr. So we talked about, maybe he learned from Pasuk B'chalav, we dismissed it, okay? Um, because the Pasuk B'chalav is a Chiddush, and we're going to be saying any time, and obviously any time a Pasuk is an actual Chiddush, how do we define Chiddush? So we said yesterday, like a first Shachter, the Heilger Shlita holds that Chiddush means that if you learned all the principles in the Torah, and they taught you one thing, right? You try to use all the principles that you know, and then this 
this halacha runs counter to all the principles. You know that's that's a chiddush. Okay, uh, it's not a chiddush to tell you that's what a chiddush is, but you'd be surprised, um, right? Because everything else, everything's a chiddush. Kashrus in itself is a chiddush altogether. You know, if you're going to say that it's something that you would have known without the Torah, it's not that. It's something that you would have not known using the principles of the Torah. Okay, so now we're going to take it step by step, and it should be doable to sort out the shitas of Rabbanon and Rabbi Kiva. So again, Rabbi Kiva uses the mishras to learn hetem and star for So where does he know Tom Keikar? Says the Gemara. 15 lines off. Uh, source of Tom Kiker comes from Giulei Nachrim, which is what? The Torah says in the Pasuk that if you find, if you, let's say, uh, win the war against, let's say you beat a, up a bunch of Midianites, and now you're left with the spoils of war, and you have pots and pans. So the Pasuk said, that anything that you see, let's say it's a pot and pan, so clearly this was used for, for cooking. Clearly, it was subject to some fire. And as we know from like basic kitchen halacha when we ask the rabbi, if you had something and it was hot and you, and you had a fire, there's something called blia, right? There's something where it's absorbing the treif. So you, the Midianites are eating chazer treif all day long. And you have these treif utensils that have the absorption of treif utensils in them. And therefore, you do giulei nachrim, like what we call hagala, right? You have to uh, purge them of that treif by heating them up. Aha. So, says the Gemara, giulei nachrim lav In other words, what do you have? The, the pots and pans are clean. Right? So why would you have to do this Hagala? Why do you have to do the Gilei Nachim? Must be, says the Gemara, because it has to be that there's a Bliya in there, which is to say there's a Ta'am in the pots. And therefore, that is a source of Tom Kaker for Bikiva. Mishra's he'll use for Hetem Tzarf Laser. And this, Gilei Nachim, he's going to use to learn Tom Kaker. As the Gemara says, Hachanami Loshna, here too, with regards to any other kinds of foods, it's not going to be different than Gilei Nachim. Which is to say, anytime you have any Tom, you have to consider it as a source of Visser, right? In other words, it's a Chiddush. Or maybe I shouldn't use the word Chiddush because it becomes important here. But in other words, the Torah is, is uh, teaching you that just by, just because there's no actual physical trafe here doesn't mean that the pots don't have to be kashered. Uh, they have to be kashered because the tam is keikr. Okay, so the Gemara says, well, why wouldn't the Rabbanon learn that as a source of tam keikr? It says, Rabbanon, ge'ulei nachrim nami chidashu. Aha. So this is, I, I jumped the gun. The Rabbanon are going to say that that source of ge'ulei nachrim is not the source of tam keikr because, in fact, it's a chidash. It's a chidash to say, right, that, that you need, and that, right, it's a chidash to say that, uh, that, that it's a, that, that it's an iser despite the fact that there's no mamashas there. Why? It says the Gemara, the called noisin tam lifgam murter. Aha. Because the Rabbanon assume that when you fan these pots, that whatever is absorbed into the pots, whatever taste is absorbed, is actually not delicious, but rather disgusting. That's called noisin tam lifgam. That it does have a taste, but it's not a pleasant taste. And if it's not a pleasant taste, it's mutter. How do we know that? The Gamrinan mean Vela. Happens to be, we learn this idea of noisin tam lifgam is mutter from the concept of Vela. Right, Nevela teaches you, uh, Rashi explains, that right, we have a source by Nevela, Nevela says, you have a Pasuk basically that, that, that says that anytime you eat something that's a Nevela, it's going to be Asr, but it's Asr only if it's something that will be considered edible, right, to the, to the guy. I mean, Nevela, Rashi, the Gachsiv, Lotok, we call Nevela, Haru'uya Lager, Korea Nevela. In other words, we call it Nevela only if it's delicious for the guy, right? If it's not very Lachila, it's a different Isr. In other words, you're not supposed to sit there and eat something that even a guy wouldn't eat, because, but the point is that. It has, you're going to get a different Avera. The Avera of eating a Nevela is if it's something that's, um, that is edible to a non-Jew. So therefore, Vehacha uh, Aser, right? But here, right, we, the, the Kiddush is that despite the fact, again, despite the fact that it is nice and time left gone, right, we assume that the Blia in the pot has become disgusting. And therefore we assume that there should be no Isser of it because it's not edible. And yet it's still Aser. You still have to do the, the, the Hagala. And that is why it's a Chiddush. And by, again, before, because of the fact that it's a Chiddush, that's why the Rabbanon will not be able to learn it from here to other things. That all other Yisurim have the topic of Tam Ke'ikar, have the aspect of Tam Ke'ikar. 
Because if it's a standalone Chiddush for one thing, so then you can't apply it to other things. It, we see that it's a unique case. Uh-huh. So again, Rabbanon hold that Yulei Nochem is a unique case, and therefore they can't learn Tom Kaker from that for, to elsewhere. So what's Rabbi Kiva going to say to this? How do they learn Tom Kaker from Yulei Nochem? Says the Gemara, Rabbi Kiva, because Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva says, uh, holds, is like Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva, so we see very interesting the a machlokes between Rabban and Rabbi Akiva as to whether again when you find these spoils of war in pots and pans, right? Is it referring to pots and pans? Do you treat those pots and pans as if that taste that was absorbed within them was a ben yoma or not? If it's kedei bas yoma as Rabbi Akiva holds, then says the Gemara hilchach lav nois and tam right? It's not going to be nois and tam lefgam. It's going to be nois and tam l'shvach. Right? And therefore, it's not such a big Kiddush to say that you have to actually do Hagala. And once you say it's not time to Shvach, and you say that you have to do Hagala, and it's normal that you have to do so because it's a good taste, so then you can apply this idea, right, of Tom Kaker to the rest of the Torah. However, the Rabbanon are going to hold that no. That the Kedera says the Gemara, the Rabbanon, Kedera Bas Yomanami Lofer, the Lopagma Porta. Rabbanon are going to say, so fine. We have the statement of Kibere Devuna that the Torah was talking about a Kedera Bas Yoma. In other words, so, first of all, we're understanding a lot more about the Pasuk. When the Pasuk is saying that you find the spoils of war and you have to kasher up those kalim, it's not even referring to the kalim that you know were, were any more than a day uh, old in usage with food, right? Um, you, find, you find somebody, right, you take over somebody's apartment and you see pots and pans there, you know nobody's been living there for two years. So those you don't even have to kasher because, it, by definition, right, the belia that's in there was not a ben yoma. The Pasuk is only talking about, the only time you really have to kasher those kalim, says the Pasuk, at least made Arisa, is if you knew that they were used within that day. But even within that context, there's a machlokas between Rabbi Kiva and Rabbanon as to whether it'd be nice and tam lifgam or nice and tam lishvach. Rabbi Kiva's gonna say that it's nice and tam lishvach, that it's within a day, it's still some fresh, whatever, Mickey D's in there, and therefore, that fresh thing needs to be purged, and because of the concept of tam kiker, which can be applied anywhere else, and Rabbanon are gonna say that no, that it is, in fact, still always going to have some degree of nastiness when you have the, uh, even if it's a ben yomo, and therefore it's nice and time of come, and therefore it is a chiddish to say, the afrikasher, these kalim, right? Because who knows what, you know, what kind of uh, things these people are eating. Entrails of squid, or whatever, I don't know if squid have entrails. Okay. Six lines up from the bottom and bottom of the base. Fine. So now we're going to ask uh, the following. We, we, it, we went through Rabbi Kiva pretty thoroughly. Now we're going to say, okay, well, the Yotanon quotes Rabbi Kiva um, is going to apply the heter, the idea of Mishras, that Pasuk, we said again, Rabbanon hold Mishras teaches you Tom Kiker. Rabbi Kiva learns Tom Kiker from Gilei Nachrim, but Mishras, he learns, teaches you Heter Mitzvah for Iser. Now, by saying that Mishras holds that Heter Mitzvah for Iser, it limits it to a Nazir, right? Because it, in fact, only teaches you, it's in the context of a Nazir. says the Gemara, Okay, so from the fact that we just analyzed the Rabbanon, let's go back now to Rabbi Akiva, and we say, So we say, again, according to Rabbi Akiva, we're going to say like this, that we know that the Rabbanon hold that Mishra is teaching you Tam Kiker. So the question is like this, we said that Rabbanon who hold that the Pasuk Mishras is teaching you Tam Kiker is the source of Tam Kiker, and therefore we learn Tam Kiker to call it Torah Kula. So says Rabbi Akiva, he asks Rashi, well, if, if that's so, then why does Rabbi Kiva who holds that Mishras teaches you Heter Mitzvah Flesser? Why does he not apply Heter Mitzvah Flesser to the Torah Kula? Right? When we talk about Rabbi Kiva holding that Mishras teaches Heter Mitzvah Flesser, Rabbi Yochanan specifically said he made a statement yesterday in the Gemara that that's exclusive to Nazir. So we have a, a, a sort of a incongruency here, right? Whereas. The Mishras teaches you Tam Ke'ikr for Rabbanan, and they learn that Lakala Tarakula. Mishras teaches you Heter Mitzvah Lisa for Rabbi Kiva, and he limits it to Nazir. So why doesn't he expand the Lakala Tarakula as the Rabbanan do for the Tam Ke'ikr? After all, it's the same source, right? So the Gemara says no. The Rabbi Kiva Nami Mishras Laheter Mitzvah Lisa. So I'm just finishing the question. So you say La Rabbi Kiva Nami, right? Says Ravachim Ravavia. 
So shouldn't Rabbi Kiva also when he says Mishras Baheter Mitzarf Laser Mikanat the Dhamakal Surin Shabbatara Kula? Shouldn't he also apply to call the Surin Shabbatara? So Amalai Sarvashi answered as follows. He says, uh, the suspense is killing you as we arrive at Mimhamad Aleph. Mishub to have your nazir, Vachata Shnake Suvan Bank Echad and Milandin. Aha. So now we have introduced one last concept, and then we're going to just kick us around till we reach the Mishnah in the middle of this Amr, as follows. And then, and then that Mishnah hopefully goes uh, a little bit simpler concepts here. Okay. The idea is like this. And when you have two psukim, right, we're the idea. Shnei ksuvah and echad. So when you learn something from one pasuk, you know, and, and that pasuk is really trying to reflect on all of the Torah. When you have two psukim, teach you the same thing. So we assume that now we're just learning two exceptions, and that takes it away from the rest of the Torah. So whereas... If you hold that Mishras is Tom Kaker, then Mishras is the only source of Tom Kaker for the Rabbanon. And therefore, you can expand it to Torah Kol Torah. Kol HaTorah Kula. However, if you hold that Mishras teaches you Heter Mitzvah for Iser, you have an issue. Because there's another Pasuk that also teaches you Heter Mitzvah for Iser. And once you have two Pesukim that teach you the same thing, it does, has the opposite effect. Instead of applying it to Kol Torah Kula, now you know that you have only two exceptions and it doesn't apply to anything else. So what's the other context? Chatas. What's the, what are the two contexts? The Gemara's going to walk you through it. Let's see. It says Gemara. Nazir Hada Amran. Right? So the context of Nazir is what we said, Mishras. Is Heter Mitzdarf Leiser. Okay. Chatas Mahi. What's the case of Chatas? The Tanya. We learn the price of the following. Kol Asher Yigab B'Vsaroik Dash. Yochol Afilu Lo Blah. Talmud Lomar B'Vsaroik Dash. Adshi Blah B'Vasar Yikdash L'Yoz Kamoa. What's going on here? Okay, so the art scroll has a beautiful explanation as following. The context here is you have a Chatas and you have a Shlomim. So we know the Chatas is Kotche Kotchim. And that's very Chamor. Right? When you have a carbon chatas, you have to eat it, right? Only over there in the chatzer, and it has to be only a male coin, and you only have that day and the following night to eat it, as opposed to shlamim, which is, has more relaxed rules. Kachim kalim, we call it, right? Lighter kachim. That can, that can be eaten not only in the chatzer, but it can be eaten throughout, right? Yerushalayim. It doesn't have to be just a coin. It could be any, any, uh, Torah Jew, and you have an extra day to eat it till the sunset of the following day. Okay. So now, what if you had the two carbonos, and they somehow had contact so that they absorb one from the other? So the Pasuk teaches you, Right? Biv Sarah. Right? Call Asher Yigab Biv Sarah Kedash. So the Pasuk is teaching you what? That the Shlomim, which has a more Kal, right? Chadinim, absorbs the Yisurim of the Chatas. So now even though you have, let's say, Shlomim, it's all Shlomim almost, but it absorbs some Chatas, so by, or, or it joined with some Chatas, the entire Shlomim now uh, has to be eaten that day and only by male Kohen and only in a more confined space. Okay. That's what it means. It says, Talmud Lomar again, So the Shlamim is going to be like the Chatas. So if the Chatas, anywhere where the Chatas will be disqualified, right, the, the Shlamim is going to be disqualified. And even if it is okay to eat, it can only be eaten right within the confines of the same time and place as the Chatas. Okay, so what is that? That teaches you, that that which is a little more lenient, which is the Shlamim, is Mitzarif and takes on the characteristics of the Morchamar, which is the Chatas. Uh-huh. So since you have that Pasuk, and you have the Pasuk of the Nazir, then you know that you can't learn anything else. The Gemara asks an unbelievable question. After all, interestingly enough, this Pasuk of the Chatas is actually a symbolic of both concepts. You could say that the reason why, just like by, just like by the wine, you could say that the reason why the Chatas it takes on the, the Shlomim takes on the characteristics of the Chattas is because of Heter Mitzvah Leiser, or you could say that it takes on the characteristics because of Tom Kikar, right? And whichever way you're going to hold, it's going to be Shteik Suvim, right? It's either going to be Nazir and the Chattas, right, to teach you Heter Mitzvah Leiser, or Nazir and Chattas to teach you Tom Kikar. Either way, it should be Tupsukim, Shteik Suvim, and Echad, and shouldn't be extrapolated to everything else. So the question is, why do the Rabbanon not see Chattas as being the same as Nazir, and Rikiva sees Chattas as being the same as Nazir and can't expra- extrapolate further? So the Gemara answers, Amri Hanu Mitzvah the Rabbanon think that both Pesukim are not exactly the same. That Chatas and Nazir are teaching you things that are so unique to each individual case. So obviously, when you need both Pesukim, so then it's not coming to exclude the rest of the cases in the Torah, right? In other words, if you have two standalone Pesukim, 
in and of their own right, even if they teach you the same thing, let's say, let's say, Tom Kiker, but if you need both Sukim to teach you because the two cases are so dissimilar, so then you can, in fact, extrapolate it to the Kol Tarkula. Okay? So Rabbi Kiva, why does he not think that those two Sukim are unique? So Rabbi Kiva says, my Trichi, um, why would he say that, for, why would he say that both are necessary? We can understand. If you just learn Chatas, you can't just assume, if you learn, let's say, Rabbi Kiva, who holds Tom Kiker from the Chatas, if you're going to say, I can understand if you only had one pasuk. It only said by chatas that you, that the psalmim absorbs the taste of the chatas. Logam or nazir You'd never be able to extrapolate that a nazir has this topic of this issue of tamki from that. Why? Because you never learn um, anything to the rest of Kol Tarkula from halachas by kachim. Because we know kachim is like a different world, right? The base of mikdash functions on its own rules. You don't apply regular uh, daily halachas to what goes on in the base of mikdash. So if you had just this exclusive pasuk by the base of mikdash, you would never be able to apply it. However, if we learn it just by Nazir, so now you have the principle of Tom Kiker, right? So these are like basic uh, laws of Allah, and those apply everywhere, even in the base of Mikdash, right? In other words, in the reverse case, that which should work. So says the Gemara, because we can learn other Yisrim Bittar from Nazir, and we already said that yesterday, that Nazir, because it's so Kal, any, anything that's going to be usher by Nazir, right? We said three reasons why the Nazir was Kal. He could get out of it, right? It could be a limited amount of time. So because, and, and, and it's also Mutter Bahana, so those three reasons why in Nazir it's Kal, and it's a mundane enough idea that if you have an Isser in the Torah by Nazir, such as this, such as Tom Kikr, you should be able to extrapolate it to the rest of the Torah. And if that's the case, therefore when we learn Chatas, it's extra. And the fact that it's Chatas, we learn extra, Rabbi Kiva is going to confine it to Nazir. Okay, so then how do the rabbis respond to this logic, right? In other words, the Nazir seems to, seems to teach us everything. So Chatas is extra, and therefore that, the fact that it's extraneous means that it is only there to teach you Shtek Subin Baike Echad and to limit it to Nazir and Chatas. So how do the rabbis who learn that Mishra teaches you Tom Kiker, how do they expand that to the rest of the Torah? Says the Gemara, Rabbanon, Amin Lachamit Shachzichi, no. They're still going to uh, maintain that both Sukkim are necessary. Why? Chatas Laheter Mitzarf Laeser Vechulin Mikadashim Lo Gamar. Right, the Chatas is teaching you Heter Mitzarf Laeser. Aha, so now we're pulling a fast one. They're saying that the Chatas isn't teaching you Tom Kiker. The Chatas is te- they're like, Rabbi Kiva, we agree with you. Chatas teaches you Heter Mitzarf Laeser. And from Chatas, you can't extrapolate anything else because that's in the concept of Kachim. And Mishra, so they're basically just saying that Chatas is teaching you one of these two concepts, namely Heter Mitzarf Laeser. And Mishras is teaching you Tom Kiker. So they're teaching you two separate things. And once they're teaching you two separate things, so each one is a standalone pasuk that you can extrapolate to the rest of the Torah. Wow. Okay, so what would Rabbi Kiva uh, respond to this? Says the Gemara, Well, obviously Rabbi Kiva, right, holds that, so apparently Rabbi and Rabbi Kiva both hold that the case of the Chathas is Hetem Mitzvah Laser. And Rabbi Kiva is stuck, because he happens to hold that Mishras also teaches you Hetem Mitzvah Laser. And therefore, And since both Chathas and the right and the the Mishras of the Nazir teaches you the same thing. And therefore, you can't extrapolate to the rest of the Torah since they teach you the same thing. And now we know why when Rabbi Yochanan quoted Rabbi Kiva, he limited the idea of Heter Mitzvah Laser only to Nazir. Right? So obviously, it's not only to Nazir; it would also be true of Chatas. But the point is that because it appears by both Nazir and by Chatas, it is not applicable to the rest of the Kula. Okay. However, Amalei Ravashi Lev Kahana El that seems to be difficult with a brisa, because the brisa said explicitly, right, when, when we talked about Naziris, right, we had a brisa that went out of its way to teach you, as the Gemara says, that we had a brisa teaching what? From a different pasuk. From a different pasuk. The pasuk says by a Nazir that anything, right, even the seeds and the, and the skins, all of those things, um, he should, should not eat. And the brisa said that, that the idea that you shouldn't be able to eat the seeds and the skins is an application of the idea of Ein Mitzvah Well, if we already learned, 
right, that Mishras is the source of Hetem Ritzarf Laser. Why do we need this extra Pasuk? This Pasuk becomes extraneous, right? According to the Rabbanan that teaches you that Mishras is Tam Kiker, so you need the second Pasuk. But according to, to Rabbi Akiva, who holds that it teaches you Ein Ritzarf and Hetem Laser, what is the second Pasuk of Mikol Asher Yasem Egefen Ayayin Mechartanin? Says the Gemara asks, Such Rabbi Akiva is for Hetem Ritzarfin, is for Isra Mibayayit. Not only that, Rabbi Kiva is already holding from Mishras that you're Mitzvah and Hetel Iser. So what, you need this, really? You need this extra Pasuk to teach you that those things which are also like the skins and, and the, um, right? Because what does that Pasuk teach you of Mikol Shayasemi Gefen Hayayim, Mechartanim? That Pasuk presumably teaches you that even though it's a seed and a peel and the flesh of a grape, that they all combine together to create the Kazayish of Iser for a Nazir. Wait a minute. All those things are Aser. So, like, of course, if Hetel is Mitzvah and Iser, then all those Aser things are going to combine to, to be Mitzvah and Iser. Uh, so Rebbe Kana answers, I'm Achas. No, 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 no. When, when Rebbe Kiva holds of Mishras, is Heter Mitzarf Iser, he's referring to a mixture, right? To something where you have it together. However, Iser, Iser, the Iser, the Pasuk of what? Of the, of Mechart Sanim is teaching you something else. That you're sitting there and you're eating the grape, but you're eating it piecemeal, right? You're first eating the skin, then you're eating the flesh, then you're eating the, the seeds. That is usr because of the, that's a different kind of usr. You're not eating it together. You're eating it one after the other with a break in between and still it's going to be mitzvah for usr. So it is in fact not redundant. It is still a chiddish to teach you that the seeds and the skins are usr because the extra chiddish is that they're usr even if they're not eating together. Mashainkin, when you're talking about mishras, so that's only going to be usr. The heter is only going to be mitzvah if it's part of a mixture of, es- of usr and heter. Whew. Baruch Hashem. We made it up to the Mishnah. Common is wondering why he didn't just show up tomorrow. Um, but we made it to the Mishnah. So let's do, start Mishnah in the middle of Menhem We're talking now about using chametz as cock. Using chametz for something other than edible, right? We talked already about chametz nuksha, right? Which, like I define as um, uncooked pasta. Right? Sometimes you have chametz, which isn't really that edible. Sometimes you have chametz, which is edible, but you're not using it for the purpose of eating it, right? Like you say, we say chametz that you use, let's say, to, for whatever reason, you like to use like oatmeal um, drywall. You know what I mean? So, or oatmeal to, to stump up a pot. So, is that going to be a problem of chametz? So, we're going to see the different parameters here. Says the Mishnah. Batik shibesitke areva. Right? It's, it's dough, so it's chametz, but you're using it as what is kochla, or, or um, you're lodging it in the cracks of, in this case, the areva is like a kneading trough. We're going to see. This is good. This is like an area that has like a bottom and a middle and a top and has an area where you're kneading it. Now, obviously, over there, so sometimes if it gets used over time, you develop holes in it. Well, if you develop holes in it, water starts spilling out. It becomes um, obviously less efficient to use. And so very often, you just take the chametz and you just kick it over there because you figure if you just leave it kicked over there, then it's going to stomp up the hole. That's the most easy way to, to, to do that, right? You're not going to start sitting there soldering, you know, metal to metal or whatever it is or whatever this is, uh, material this is. So, Bottom line is, you're going to let the uh, chametz sort of dry there, and that's going to become now part of the receptacle. So now that dry chametz is part of the receptacle. So is that considered still chametz? I mean, you're not going to sit there and eat it, so let's see. Says the, says the mission, rather. Well, if it's more than a kazayas, then I understand that you're not using it to eat, but it's more than a kazayas, you're going to have to burn it. Um, you have to get rid of it before Pesach. You can't just keep that there and use it. Whatever, you had a little bit less, and you had, it was less than a kazayas, and you're not using it to eat, and therefore it becomes bottle. Bottle to what? It becomes essentially bottle to the receptacle. Very nice. Says the Mishnah, that is not just true with Hilchas Pesach, but we have other contexts where this idea of bittel uh, is uh, applicable. As follows, with regards to Tumah, the Mishnah knew the column was going to return today, so we have Tumah Tara here. In Makbid Allah Chotes, if you object, right, Makbid is, you, you, the idea of Makbid and Chotes we're very familiar with, from, right, when you're Tobal in a Mikvah. So when you're Tobal in a Mikvah, if you object to something being there, Right, like they have all the, the famous shilas of Moshe Feinstein about like dental fillings and and people going to the mikvah, right, or braces, as it were. Let's say somebody has braces, so they don't want the braces to be there; they're there temporarily. So if something's there temporarily, it means you're going to take it off. If something like a filling is in there, and you know it's going to be there forever, 
so to speak. So then maybe that's going to be considered bottle because, right, ain't a makbid love. So makbid love means, right, that if makbid love means that this is something you're going to take at some point, that you're something that you want, as opposed to, let's say, like a pacemaker, right? Somebody has uh, something um, attached to them that's always staying there. So then you're not makbid love, you're not doing anything with it. It's part of you, so then it's not a chatzitza. It's part of you. So it's the same thing over here. Makbid love means eventually you're going to want to eat this thing. So then, of course, it's going to be chatzitza because it's considered an individual item. So that's true for Tuma also. You're, you're, let's say you're taking a receptacle and it has a piece of t- something tummy on it. So if that thing that's tummy on it is, becomes a part of it already, so then you could just dunk it into the water. That's called Enum love, And it becomes part of the utensil and it becomes Tahor. But if you're love, meaning you're going to use that later, so, so then, of course, it's going to be a Chatzitza. As the Mishnah continues and finishes off the saying, So in this case, you're taking the actual Areva, the kneading receptacle, and you're dunking in the mikvah to become Tahor. That's the explanation of Rashi and what this means. So... You're taking the, the whole utensil. So if rotsa bikiyumo, right, you want that piece of tummy, let's say, that you, right, you got tummy bread that you kicked along the side. Now you want it to be tar, because let's say you're going to use this to knead tar stuff. So you want to dunk it in the mikvah. The whole utensil is going to be tar. Ah, you had tummy uh, bread, dough caked in there. No, that's already part of the utensil because you're leaving it there. You have no intention of taking it back, and therefore that itself can become tummy because it becomes subsumed in the areva. So just to review, we have two topics here. We have the size of the chametz. Right, or the Toma, as it were, the Kazais, or less, and we have Makbid, Eino Makbid. Now, basically, you're just going to spend the rest of the Gemara going through the, all the different possibilities of these two variables as follows. Okay, fine, one third variable. What's this? The idea is, Makam Shein Asuin Lechazik is like this. Place not made to hold water. In other words, if you have, let's say, um, so like we said, there's different portions of this kneading receptacle. So if you're at the bottom and you had a hole in the bottom, so for sure you want that stomped up. So that, so that area, for sure, it, you want to leave it there because otherwise the whole thing gets ruined. Everything's going to spill out. What about the size of the receptacle? So there, it's not as critical. That's just better to have it stomped up, but it's not really as critical. So this is what Rabbi Yudah is saying in the name of Shmuel, that if this is whole, this whole deon of Kazayas, if not Kazayas, is talking about a case like on the sides, but in a place where it's absolutely critical that it's stomped up, like on the bottom, let's say, where it's meant to hold the water, right? It's, it's, it sounds like it's implying that even if it was larger than a Kazayas, You'd never have to do the beer because that area is critical for the function of the utensil. It says the Gemara, the following inference. So you can infer from that that if it was less than a Kazayas, right? right so, so this whole concept is we're saying like this, that when it comes to a critical area, then we could even be greater than a Kazayas. Must mean that if it's less than a Kazayas, then we don't care where you put it in this utensil. That's one version. But there's another version that's more machmir, which is Ika Damasi La Sefa. Some understood Shemuel's qualification of the, of the Sefa of our Mishra as follows. Right? That if there's not a Kazayas in one place, then it's going to be bought. No, that this whole idea of Kazayas was referring, in fact, to the area where you need to have the water pour out. So, right, it's much more machmir. That even if it's, if it's less a kazayas, if it's on the sides of the trough, we'll call it, so then you're going to be high levire. In other words, if it's a non-critical area, we don't care how small it is. You're always going to have to take it out and burn it. If it's in a critical area, so it's only there that we have the distinction of a kazayas, not a kazayas, which is to say, if it's, even if it's in a critical area, if it's larger than a kazayas, you're going to have to burn it. As the Gemara proceeds to, to spell out, McLeod, the kazayas, right, the more mapping shita, that if once it's a kazayas, it's going to be also anywhere along this trough, even in a critical area. Okay. So now we're going to bring a Bryce that's explicitly going to support both versions, only to confuse us further. Tanya Kalishna Kama, Tanya Kalishna Basra. Tanya Kalishna Kama, as follows, Butzik Shibisitka Areva, Bamakam Haizel Chazik, let's say you have some dough in the cracks of the trough in an area that needs, that, that would otherwise let water fall out, right? That's what we call a place that needs some fixing. Eina Chotetz. It's not considered a Chatzitza, Eina Oiver, and you don't have any Avera there. 
by virtue of its location of where you put the batik. However, it's on the sides where it's of no consequence. It's considered a chasit because it's not that important. That all this conversation And so according to this first version, if it's less than a chasit, then even if you put it in a non-critical area, it's not considered a chatzitah, you're not over any avera of chametz, and you can just leave it there. As long as it's less than a kazais, it's going to be okay even in a non-critical area. That's straight up the first version. What about Vitania Kilishna Basra? But unfortunately, or fortunately, or whatever, as it happens, we have a version of a brisa that says, that supports the second version explicitly as well. Vitania Kilishna Basra, Batsik Shibisitki Areva Bimokam Ars Chazak. If you have this dough in those cracks at a place that is critical, as we turn to Vimheim days at the almost auspicious time of 614 a.m., Ain't a Right? It's not going to have any issue. But if you have it in a non-critical area, like the sides, then it is, in fact, going to be a problem. That all of this discussion of whether it's in a critical area or not is only going to be if it's less than But if it was a full kazais, large, then even if it was in a critical area, you can't keep a kazais. Are you kidding? Kazais of chametz or Pesach? What are you talking about? Of course, that's, that's going to be a problem. And therefore, even if it's a critical area, you'd have to go ahead and burn it. So the Gemara points out the obvious issue, Kashi and Hadadi, you have two completely conflicting prices. One supporting the first explanation, that the only thing that matters is whether it's in a critical area, and you'd be mutter even if it was larger than a kazais, and one supporting the second b'risa, which teaches you that if it's larger than a kazais, and even if it was in a critical area, the position wouldn't help, it would be usher. Amaravuna, same kilta mikami chamirta. Get rid of the first b'risa in deference of the more chamer second b'risa. It's more important to be more machmir over here. To which Riosef said to Ravuna, Riosef Amar, Tanai shakat alma, okay, did you remove, amazing, did you remove all the Tanaim from the world that you can't find a single Tana that would hold like the first Brisa? What are you talking about? Tanai, this is the Machlokas Tanaim. So why are you disregarding the first Mekel Brisa in favor of the second Machmir Brisa? Obviously, there's somebody who supports the first Brisa, the Tanya. How do we know? Because we have the following Brisa. Let's say you have a moldy uh, bread. Oh, yeah, by the way, I meant to you, Andrew, when we're getting together later, we're going to having some Pasha Ipsha with the uh, Puta Pavlik. Chayiv Levar. Got to get rid of it. Why? For Pesach, obviously. Because even in the in, in the moldy state, if it's not so edible, you can still crumble it. And you use it right as a catalyst for uh, leavening in other doughs. No, no, that's only if you kept it for eating. Okay, but oh yeah, I meant to tell you, Andrew, we're going to be sitting on uh, leavened bread. That's that's the seating. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's the seats we're going to have. So if you if you use it as a chair, a butla, right? Uh-huh. So what do you learn from that? From you have over there, the town over there was a Rishim and a Lazar. Rishim and a Lazar sounds like he held that once you write, re, um, uh, reappropriate, recommission, whatever you call that word, uh, reuse that, um, that chametz for a chair. So Miklal, the Tanakhama's over, law butler. So first of all, we see Rishim holds if you use it for something else, like let's say for a trough, it's going to be butthole, but we see also the Tanakhama's going to say that it's not going to be butthole, right? Even though you're using it for a chair. Alma, Kasavar, Kol Kazais, Avagav, Demitol, Lo Batil. Right? So it seems, right, that, that the Tanakama holds that Avagav, Demitol is going to hold that it's not Batil. But be that as it may, we see Machlokas here. Right? That, that according, right, if you're using it for a chair, obviously it's greater than a Kazais. And therefore, if, the, if you're going to use the Chamitz, so we see those two opinions basically boil down to, and really what it boils down to is like this. If you hold that using the Chamitz for something else, like the sides of a pot or a chair, is, makes it like basically not Chamitz at all, so then you don't care if it's Kazais or not. If you do, uh, if you hold that it could still be considered chametz, then maybe you'd consider whether it would be a kazais or not. That's really what it boils down to. Do you care about the usage or do you care about the size? That's the machlokas. Okay. Gemara ever challenges this. I'm going to buy it. Teratsa bechazais. Okay, so with chazais, I can understand. Pachos me chazais me teratsa. But when you have the, con- so the aspect of the two brysos having a contradiction within a kazais, I can understand. That's a very like, clean lumbus, as we said. One has to do with usage and one has to do with size. So those are the two brysos. That's very clean. But you get into a little sticky area if you have less than a kazais. Why? 
because usage might also absolve you. But there's a lack of usage, uh, there's a lack of usage, mechay of you, right? In other words, you have, according to one b'risa, if you don't use it, you could be chay for even less than the kezayis. Aha. So the, so the Gemara says, el hava'havar No. Both b'risas can be b'shim lazar and b'shim lazar who, who says that when something is used for something else, it's not going to be a problem. The whole thing is going to be talking about splitting this trough into three zones. Very important. So we have like this. Makam Lisha, love Makam Lisha. In other words, right, he's going to say that in a place where it's meant to hold water, right, so that's not even Makam Lisha. That's talking about the base. That's you're never going to be chayiv. That even a kazais is not going to be chayiv. And so that's zone A. And then zone B, it's not really meant to hold water, but it's makom lisha, right? That's the area where you're kneading the dough. So there it's going to be either, if it's greater than a kazais, it's going to be chayiv. If it's less than a kazais, it's going to be mutter. And then on the sides, there, even if it's less than a kazais, it's going to be chayiv because there it's of no consequence at all, like by the lip. So, don't say that this makom lisha is talking about the outside of the trough, because that's not what it means. It's talking about the lip of the trough. Okay, um, so again, we're talking about zones here. You don't have to say Makam Lisha is the, in, the entire in, inner space. You can say that we have three zones. The bottom, where if it's missing a proportion, it's totally useless. The sort of like uh, bottom, it's called like the bottom third, where you really need it to have to, for the kneading with a K in order to function properly. And then the rest, the top is almost more decorative and there you don't need it. And you're going to have three zones of Alacha for this trough. So the Gemara, it's obvious that the upper lip is as useless as the outside. Sometimes the dough overflows, you might think. And it reaches all the way to the top, right? Who's to say how much dough you're making, right? We know that Lainey, no disrespect, she, she loves the challah. So if we're expecting Lainey to come over, right, we're going to have a tremendous amount of dough. It's going to reach all the way to the top when we're preparing it, right? So no, so we have to teach you that, no, that even if you're going to be using it in there are times where it reaches all the way to the top, that lip of the trough is not considered as critical as the lower portion of that trough, of the kneading trough, and therefore it has a separate halacha where over there it's going to be a problem even if it's less than a kezayis. Okay? So what do we hold? Halacha, six lines down in the wide. Amar Nachman, Amar Rav, Halacha Kirshim and Malazar. As we just described, that, that a block, let's say, of, let's say, chametz that you use for a chair is going to be considered not chametz. You could use a chametz chair on Pesach. You don't need to get rid of it. You can ask, is that so? Amar Rav Yitzchak, Barash, Amar Rav, Im Tach Panebetit Batla. That we have this idea that if you have, let's say, we use the idea of chametz drywall. So if on top of the chametz drywall you smeared it with plaster and covered it, then it's butter. The implication, therefore, is tach in low, tach low. But the only time you can use chametz drywall and not have to get rid of it on Pesach is if you actually covered it with plaster. But if you didn't cover it with plaster, then just because you appropriate it and use it as a wall doesn't mean that you don't have to get rid of it. Sounds like it's not the halacha like Rishim and Allah. Says the Gemara, man de masne halo masne It's true that the one who taught this didn't teach the other. In other words, we have a problem. The, look carefully. Amar Nachman, Amar Rav. Halakha Kishim and Lazar. Amar Yitzchak Rashi, Amar Rav. Uh-oh. Both statements were said in the name of Rav, so we have a problem. It's an internal contradiction within Rav. So the Gemara is going to say, no. Ikad Amri, Amar Rav Nachman, Amar Rav, ain't Halakha Kishim and Lazar. Ah. So if you say that the Halakha is not like Kishim and Lazar, then it's consistent. Amar Yitzchak Rashi, Amar Rav, Yim Tachman, Ebedid, Butla, etc. So that might be the answer that the Allah is in fact not like Hashem ben Lazar and Rav would be saying that and that would be consistent with the idea that the only way that drywall chametz is going to be usable is if you in fact covered it with um, with the uh, um, plaster. Ten lines down and wide, just a little bit more. Let's say you had two um, sort of uh, dough. This is not talking about actual right um, olives. It's talking about two half Half kazais of dough, the but you have like a thread running between them. Is that mitzvah for them? So we say so the, the bottom line is like this. If, when you pull that, let's say, string that connects the two shakes of dough, if you pulled it up, it would look like a dumbbell, right? Like all, both sides would come up with it, so then it's one 
thing, and then you're going to be high lavar. But if when you pulled it up, the two stake as ice and would stick and stay where they are, and that little thread between them would just come up on its own, so then obviously it's not really connecting them in a real way, and therefore you can have less than the shear in each part, and you're not going to be high lavar. We only say that in the case of the trough. But if you have like just two globs of chametz on, on top of your house, you, of course you have to. Why does Zimnim dekanish lo? Because sometimes you, when you're sweeping the house, you're going to be um, sweeping them together, and then it's going to be mitzvah, but not like because they're going to fall on each other. Not like in a trough, but in a house, that can happen. They ask, and there Okay, so if you say it's in a house, that it is mitzvah, what about bais ve'aliyamau? What if it's in one portion of the house, two separate floors, or bais ve'achsajamau in the house and then outside in the in the in the porch? Shtei batim zelifnim zemau. What about if you have two houses? Are you going to say that those are mitzvah? Says the Gemara. Take We're going to leave that unresolved. Hopefully, Mashiach will answer this tomorrow, and we will resume tomorrow. Eleven lines up from the bottom on the Hamlin days. Okay.